And my next guest is a bit of a foodie revolutionary with many, with so many impressive achievements that I seriously don't know where to start. So let me welcome Larry Tang, group founder of Local Farmer, Soho Farmer, Farmer's Kitchen, Superfoods, and holder of one of the Foodie Forks Hero Awards for 2019. I am deeply honoured to have you on the 123 Show. Good afternoon to you, Larry. Good afternoon. Well, Thank you for having me. Well, you're very welcome. I must admit, like when I was doing the research um, about you and some of the things you've done, I mm. kind of lost track. I thought, all right, okay, I think it's best just to speak to him about it. So we are going to go back in time a little bit now, Larry, mm. and you can tell me your interest in food. When did it start? Uh... I think the interest in food has always been there. Um, I don't see myself as, as that much of a foodie person, though. I think uh, the choice of going into food business was more of a conscious choice, as you said. Like you see it as a, a food revolution. Mm -hmm. um, we all eat three times a day, and there's in Hong Kong actually every persons on average spend about $2,500 per month on food, right? Mm -hmm. it, that's average. So some wow. people probably live on a thousand or thousand two hundred. Some people could spend up to, I don't know, 10,000 uh, a month yeah. quite easily, right? Um, but when you multiply that by over 7 million people, that's, that's 1.6, 1. <laughs> no, $1.7 billion Hong Kong wow. per month. So that's a big industry um, that has a lot of impact, but 90% uh, of our food is imported, mm -hmm. over 90%, right? Mm -hmm. So um, in Hong Kong, everyone's always talking about just finance, real estates, you know, not having choices, sure. uh, not being able to, to be creative uh, when it comes to work. So I think that's where... I thought we could, I could play a role in. Like, I don't have so much money that I can go into real estate. I can't go into transportation. Okay. <laughs> I personally don't see myself getting into fashion. Like in Chinese, it's usually these starting with these four right. uh, industries. Right? Right. So when I so through quit, a process of elimination, yeah, you went for food. Okay. Uh, there was a trigger. 2011, 2012, 2011. That's when I quit the. Uh, the big advertising agency that I, I was in for over 15 years. Mm -hmm. uh, and then while I was kind of soul searching, it's just midlife crisis, the usual. Uh, <laughs> my dad had cancer. He had a stage three lung cancer. Okay. Uh, and then I spent about three months just researching into treatment plans, uh, what options he has. Right. Yeah, and I think just being in Hong Kong, you're kind of exposed to both the Eastern and the Western way of uh, uh, wellness and treatment. Sure. So uh, we got him a Chinese doctor that that's a professor in Hong Kong University. And I had no idea in Chinese medicine, there was a, uh, he was an oncologist mm -hmm. right, for Chinese medicine. Mm -hmm. So he understands all the chemotherapy, radiotherapy, all the treatment and what to do before and after. And then I found this really, really good naturopath in Perth, Australia. Uh, used to be a scientist and then self-taught 
and then now, uh, and then he went to Perth University, and then he he was actually given three months to live by his doctor before he went through his own journey. Oh, right. So, but he's a scientist, so okay. he went looked through all the scientific reports, and then uh, he found a cure for himself wow. somehow, and then he became a professor now. He's in the Perth University, so and he's well he also knows it. everything wow. about everything I told him about all the drugs and all the Chinese herbs. Uh, reishi, everything that I mentioned, he knew what they were for, mm-hmm. what side effects they are. So I think we had a pretty good treatment plan. And then after that, my own conclusion was, okay, actually food has a lot to do with it. So I thought, what if we could let more people know? Because I thought, hey, if I was in advertising for so long, You're if the I didn't person know, to do that, yes. no, but if I didn't know yeah, those things, yeah. I think most people yeah, probably no, wouldn't don't. know either, right? So Absolutely. I used to think going into a a five star hotel and eating a meal that's like two thousand dollars per head, you're treating yourself really good. Mm-hmm. Then after that experience, I realized, hey, look at all the chefs. They're not in very good health conditions either, right? <laughs> so they just look after your palate, not your health. Right. So, yeah. So that's when the whole journey kind of started. Wow. So that's quite a beginning there. I think you almost, it was almost like an evolutionary process where you came to this conclusion. And now, so what did you do next? Because at the moment, you've got a number of restaurants. What is the, what is the main crux of, you know, the restaurants that you open? What is the, the most important thing for you? Uh, I would say we started the whole, I started the journey six years ago. Uh, that's when Local Farmer was launched. My, our first thing was very simple at the time. Okay, we thought, okay, all the doctors will tell you to eat organic food if you're sick, right? So even though there's a lot of debate around like whether organic is, is better is. or not, yeah. uh, whether it's more nutritious or not, there's debatable, but whether it's more clean, there's more, there's less pesticides, less growth hormones, less uh, antibiotics, all those things are very real to me, right? So I thought if we can just let people know, uh, there were three con- misconceptions at a time, right? Organic is bland, not tasty, uh, it's just vegetarian, but people mm-hmm. didn't realize there was like grass-fed meat, there was mm-hmm. uh, uh, sustainable seafood. Sure. Uh, then, and also like ridiculously expensive, right? Those are the three things and yeah, we wanted yeah. to have a concept that would change it. So uh, we made sure our food is very tasty. We had a lot of uh, kind of tapas style, uh, small plates for people to try. And we kind of use Asian food and fusion with Western cooking. Uh, our price point's quite friendly, but uh, uh, I think we, we managed to do that. And then uh, Soho Farmer was kind of had the same philosophy. We use a lot of organic ingredients. Uh, there's no MSG. There's no chicken powder in our kitchen. Uh, so Soho Farmer was the Chinese version of that. It became more popular than the first one, actually, oh. because I think Chinese food that's healthy, it's kind of like, especially if you're a tourist, you come from overseas, you're used to the Chinatown Chinese food. Yeah. Uh, for all the people that are looking for all the healthy options, having a Chinese version that's not just deep fried, very oily, was very popular. That's and then amazing. Superfood was the fast food version of these two, mm-hmm. kind of. So mm-hmm. we wanted to lower the price point uh, continuously. So the first 
two brands were more like a branding exercise to me. We don't really make a profit from it. Right. Uh, everything that we make is reinvested into the business. Is is you know there's up and down. Running a restaurant is hard enough. Running a restaurant that's sustainable and healthy or organic is ridiculously hard. How easy is it to get hold of these things now? I mean, like, you know, obviously, if, if meat is coming from abroad, we don't really have any farms or anything close by, do we? So how do you get hold of that project? Hong Kong is actually, uh, there's not a shortage of farmland. There's a lot of abandoned right. farmland that's actually very affordable to rent or buy. Uh, it's just that there's no farmers left, right? So right. if if like we basically outsourced most of our meat farming uh, to China, uh, when I said ninety percent of food is imported, within that ninety percent, over ninety percent is from mainland China too. So uh, even when you go to the wet market that says these produce and stuff is from local. Mm -hmm. Local actually means China, China. and Hong Kong. Right. There are a lot of older people. Like before I started Local Farmer, I actually wanted to do farming first. That's why the whole brand about Local Farmer happened. But after I visited over 200 farms in Hong Kong, just driving around, true. talking to the old farmers and see uh, what they're up to. A lot of them are just, you know, that's what they've been doing their whole life. Right. Uh, they make a little bit of money just to sustain themselves. Uh, there are local vegetables, but mostly the four or five types that you usually get, like broccoli, bok sure, choy, sure. choy sum, uh, gailan, uh, corn, uh, things that they know they can definitely sell because farmers internationally every farmer is a, a risk hedgers yeah. so they want to make sure they can sell it so uh, we've done so many different ways of trying to work and source in Hong Kong we even have a period where we pay a few thousand dollars to a farmer they build a greenhouse for us and then whatever so that we directly grow, from them then right. it comes to right. to us so I, right. I think in order for for this to work in a bigger scale uh, we might have to look at what people do overseas, what they call the CSA, the Community mm -hmm. Supported Agriculture. Sure. So you pay a certain amount every month. No matter how the harvest is, you get that amount of produce. Sometimes you get more, sometimes you get less. So you share the risk with the farmers together. Yeah. Is there an interest now? Obviously, health is important and people are looking at the health. Can you see in restaurants that there is an appetite to change the way that they're cooking and make those changes like you've, you've brought along with yours? Uh, I think Hong Kong, seen six years ago, has come a long way. Because well, I was always comparing Hong Kong and Singapore. Mm -hmm. uh, when you go to Singapore, you go to the restaurants, comparing that to Hong Kong, the architecture, the interior, the service, the wine, the food, like everything is on par with each other, I think. Okay. But when you look at the health angle and the sustainability angle, I think Hong Kong is more advanced now. Uh, it's for example, more advanced now. Yeah, right. if you go into a... Uh, a juice, uh, a place that looks like a cafe that's healthy with all the green and the wood in Singapore, mm -hmm. you won't even be able to, most likely you won't be able to get a fresh squeezed juice. Most right. of them are already pre-bottled. Right. Right? Hong Kong still has a lot of places yeah, where you can lot. get that's a lot right. of like fresh squeezed juices. Mm -hmm. uh, we first started adding chia seeds and like quinoa to our menu and a lot of people have that carrying that in Hong Kong now when you go to the major So the palettes places. are open here. People yeah. are willing to try these new things as well. Do you I think, think we also were lucky time? at the same time there were like magazines that were around sustainability and health. Uh, 
So the whole movement kind of all started with a mini ecosystem. So Great. I think we were, uh, it's the right timing for Hong Kong. Well, I wasn't wrong to say you were a mover and shaker, was I? <laughs> You've done a lot of movers and shakers. There's a lot shaking. of movers and shakers in Hong Kong. There is. Yeah. There's a lot going on. Okay, we're going to talk some more, a little bit more about some of the things that you're going, you're doing now and how you're changing the whole sort of the whole landscape there but we'll talk and you've actually asked for a record we've got john lennon lined up Yay. any particular reason you've chosen that one uh, <laughs> just a song that i think is this good like i didn't actually pay attention to the lyrics before uh-huh. and after i did i was like oh okay this is a really great song that people Brilliant. should listen to more okay <laughs> absolutely fabulous and that's John Lennon and imagine no matter when you hear that it always sounds fantastic and that was the choice of Larry Tang who is my guest in the studio a mover and shaker and he thinks there's lots there's lots of other mover and shakers around there Larry aren't there there are plenty actually in Hong Kong so yeah we try to find out more uh, rookie movers and shakers now too okay so now tell me we've heard about your past we've heard about how you've got sort of established and your aims now what are you up to now because i know there's lots going on because i was just reading about you so what is your next venture now um my because of my my own uh background mm-hmm. i i grew up I come from uh, the public housing area, right? So we don't come from a lot of money. So the whole past six years was kind of just in the beginning of of any innovation cycle, which is trying to create some new products for the key influencers, early adopters. Mm -hmm. And I think now we're ready to scale our products because we started off with around $500 per head at our restaurants right. and then two years ago we consciously wanted to push out more uh, daily meals or mm-hmm. like comfort foods it's not just a destination that you go every three months or one month so we wanted to have food that people can eat every day okay so the average spend at our restaurant now is down to around 280 that's including dinner so daytime is like 120 right. uh, and then uh, but still we felt like it didn't hit the, the, the sweet spot of a price point where people can eat it every day. So now we've just launched, in the past three months, we launched eight brands online. Those are virtual restaurants. Mm-hmm. But we're doing pop-ups at our our physical locations to promote these brands. And the price point is at like $50, $60. Uh, okay. It's kind of like almost like a mini virtual food court where okay. you get every cuisine that you need. Sure. So when you're saying pop-ups, are you giving, say, new startups a chance to give it a try and see how it goes and see what the audience thinks of it? Yeah. We, we started out with our, our brands, our collaboration with different brands. And then our next phase is to look for existing brands that are in other areas of Hong Kong, but they're not within the central, greater central area. And then the third stage, we're going to look for some really local Hong Kong uh, snacks and food, like comfort food of Hong Kong. And so what is back. popular in Hong Kong? When Because you know your food and you know what people want. What is it that people are looking for in each of those? If you just look at it in terms of, say, three price brackets, what yeah. are people looking for? Um, we have four pillars that guides what we do, what we don't do when it comes to food. Mm-hmm. We call them the slow pillars. So S-L-O-W, sustainability, local, organic, and wellness. Different 
brands, different products would have different degrees. Like, because okay. we're not selling all organic food now. Sure. But within that, we look at, okay, if we can just get food that has no uh, antibiotics, no growth hormones, that's already checked a few boxes, right? Okay. So uh, when it comes to price point, we actually are very conscious about making sure there's three different price points. We, four actually, there's economy class, and we have the premium economy class, which is around 80 to $120. Okay. And then 120 and to $200. And that's a full meal, is it? Yeah. That's right. 120 to $200 our business class meal. Uh-huh. And then anything about 200 would be our first class meal. So what's the economy getting then? Give me an idea of the kind of meal that economy will get. <laughs> uh, we are doing a daily menu that, for example, at PMQ, because uh, uh, of what's happening in the past few months, we're yeah. our business low, uh, sure. including upstairs, 100 tenants. There was a creative entrepreneurs of Hong Kong, right? Everyone's struggling a little bit. So mm-hmm. we are releasing a meal for them, maybe mm-hmm. $50. I think we're still looking at whether it can be cheaper. So that is... That's great. That You don't have a lot of choices, sure. but make sure there's no MSG, there's no chicken powder. But you it's tick new, all the boxes, you tick majority of them. You and uh, it changes a lot. It's, it's kind of what we would eat with, uh, within our team as well, right? Okay, so we cool. want to release that daily meals uh, for the PMQ people at Saing uh, Poon, uh, mostly for the students also. Okay. Uh, so that's the kind of bis- uh, economy class meal. Okay. Yeah. And then now, what? Um, there's also some other things that you're doing. Obviously, you mentioned the whole thing about getting startups. When you think of a startup, and someone that you perhaps would like to invest in, what are you looking for? What is the kind of, cre- obviously they're going to fulfill those criteria that you have in terms of the slow, but anything yeah. else? Uh, we, what we just talked about, it was what we, we call farmer's kitchen, right? right. So, but right now we, we, we partner with delivery platforms. So our delivery so like map, Panda, right? yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. So our delivery map, uh, right now, with the collaboration with Food Panda, uh, is between Admiralty and Kennedy Town. Okay. So we are looking to expand aggressively. And these are next designated year. restaurants under that heading, isn't it? Yeah. Right. Oh, uh, no. These are, it's all delivery only. Right. Yes. Yeah. yes. So uh, we've launched eight brands on there, but we believe we can house up to 18 brands in that kitchen. Mm-hmm. So uh, we're looking for mostly people who are going through either the health journey sure. or the wellness journey uh, or the sustainability journey. Right. So anyone who who really wants to, who has a passion in food, obviously, uh, but not just to do any kind of food. I think uh, it has to tick one of the, the right. pillars that we have. Right. Uh that's fascinating. Yeah. So mostly that's that's yeah. what we're trying to okay. do. Okay, yeah. okay, Larry. Um, we haven't got long left. We've got a couple of minutes now. But let me just ask you: um, if obviously you've had a lot of challenges um, as you've come along in the stage, but if you had sort of one wish that you could have granted to you today, yeah. what would that be? Um, I always use the term uh, conscious capitalism as our North Star. So everything we do, we're just trying with a very small business to practice that. Just mm-hmm. being more conscious as in a business that just that, that doesn't just make money. Uh, and uh, we tried it for a while, but I think right now what we need most is more conscious consumers to support that. So right. if there's one wish, it's just having more people who look at 
uh, every dollar they spend, they will look at it as casting a vote. Uh, I think that's that that would be a great world, so mm. it can support a lot more conscious businesses, not just in food. Right. Great. Well, there's lots going on there. But listen, I'd like to just thank you very much. The time has just flown by. I can't believe how quickly. <laughs> thank you. But thank you very much. And please do um, just keep me up to date, uh, up to date because we have food on the program on the Tuesday. Yep. So if anything wonderful happens again, then please do get in touch. You'll Larry, thank you very much <laughs> thank for you. coming on the 123 show. Thanks a lot. Okay. Pleasure to be here.